Welcome to eavesdropping at the movies, everybody. I'm Jose. I'm Mike. Uh, can I start us off? Yeah, start us off. We've seen downsizing. Um, I left twice. Yes. I, uh, obviously, spoilers will be coming up. No discipline. Up. No, well, <laughs> obviously, spoilers will be coming up. Uh-huh. But uh, the main thing I want to impress on you is this is the first time I'm just going to come out and say, don't see this film. I never want to say that. I know, but unfortunately I have to. Yes, because well, I have some level of social responsibility. Well, I don't know about that. I I, I, the I reason like... I left twice was to go and make notes on my phone. Because there was so much stuff coming up that I, that I knew I would want to bring up. Yes. Um, and when I left, I, mean, I was only hanging out by the side of the screen so that people, you know, I wouldn't distract people with my phone. So I was still kind of watching the movie half, sort of mm. just getting what's going on. But um, I, I wasn't missing anything. I mean... It, I came back and the film was in the same place as already. It's so... There's going to be swearing. <laughs> <laughs> it's so You're fucking... You're such a wimp. Oh, it's so fucking boring. It was really boring. Really boring. And, well, I, actually, and the other thing I did was... Fair. I checked. I checked my phone. I checked. Well, I googled the movie when I was out there just to see how long it would be. And it was two hours and 15 minutes long. And you kept checking your watch. Yeah, I mean, the first hour was pretty excruciating. It was really dull. You didn't know where it was going. It was so earnest. It improved. Um, but, but it did improve. Barely. It improved. Yeah, it, did, it, it never became good. Um, no, the thing is, I, it's, it was so earnest all throughout, really. And so let's say what it's about. Downsizing yeah. is about in the future you can become five inches tall. Yes. Uh, and isn't that kooky and weird and funny? It's it's a, it's along the lines of it's got like a kind of being John Malkovich thing going on, right? It's like this one thing that how does it affect people? Mm. And but uh, well, anyway, I think there's more than that, right? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. you know, so the thesis of the film is that there's overpopulation. We're creating too much methane gas. You know, the, the polar ice is continuing to melt. And basically, the scientists have discovered this method of shrinking down people so that basically three years of waste ends up in a little tiny bin bag. Uh, and so you decrease waste. On the other hand, as along with being good for the environment, the assets that a middle-class person has in the normal world becomes a millionaire's kind of assets you know when everybody shrunk down yeah so the, the, so the main characters um matt damon and uh christian wig uh they're a married couple and they have about one hundred fifty thousand dollars, yeah which translates into 12 and a half million that's right when they're tiny that's right and so there's this aspirational aspect there is you know you can have the lifestyle you always dreamed of if you shrink down to yeah. uh, uh five inches mansions covered in gold that's yeah yeah, yeah pretty much uh, which I thought all of that aspect of the plot was like really weird and kind of stupid and seemed to contravene the main thesis of the film because, you know, basically kind of the film is, uh, was, on the one hand, it seemed to be saying, oh, you know, consumerism has, has led to the planet almost being becoming extinct. And on the other hand, it's saying, ah, but you can have your McMansion, mm. right? You know, so I just kind of, and actually going into the film, I just thought from the trailer 
what a stupid time to make this film. I mean, you know, we're living in the decade after the crash in which, you know, millions of people in the U.S. lost their homes, right? So, you know, this idea of, of you know, shrinking down kind of... It didn't make any sense to me, though. Of course, once you see the film, you realize that in this shrunken down world, there's also an underclass of people, you know, Mexicans mostly, who are watching Cantinflas films in a slum you know, mm-hmm. on the outskirts of this ideal world that was sold to everybody. There's a border, a hard border, yeah. to go through this tunnel to yes. get to the outside, and that's where the slums are. Yes, there's a Trump Which is, And this is where the film starts to improve, where it, where it starts talking about yeah. this, this underclass and how you, you haven't really solved your problems mm. by doing and this. And until then, it just feels so dumb. There's not an ounce of excitement, really. No. I mean, um, you know, uh, 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 um, I... I love, um, what's his name, the star? Matt Damon. I love Matt Damon, you know, and he's actually incredibly good in this. Like, there are moments where, you know, you can see the depression on his face. Yeah, he kind mm-hmm. of walks through the whole first hour of the film depressed, and he's he's brilliant, really. But actually, watching a depressed person walk through the film for, like, an hour was just, like, death. I mean... You know, there was there, there seemed to be nothing going on and you wondered why everything was taking so long. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's an aspect to the film of showing you everything. Like, if, someone has to, if, if someone's going to walk from one room to another, you see the whole walk. Yeah. You know, you see an entire bus journey. And, and like, there's, there's, no, uh, there's no compactness. I mean, on, on the one hand, you kind of... It establishes what the, what the world is like that they live in. And the, and the various worlds that people inhabit, like when they're big and when they're small and when they go to the slum. So, like, um, there's there's some value in in taking the time to, to show the environment, but it does it so much and there's so much emphasis on detail yes. that it, it, it really drags far too much. Yes. Actually, I think that's a very good point. You see every last thing. So, you know, uh, you see Matt Damon at work in his dead-end job. You see him at home. You see him feeding his mother. He's a nice bloke. And actually, you see all these boring actions kind of boringly completed to the end. You think they're never going to end. Well, this right? is it. The film kind of the uh, film is talking about what a boring life is like or what a, what a kind of depressed middle-class existence is like. But it kind of captures it so well that the film is fucking boring. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, it, was, it, it was really... I think it's the most boring film I've seen this year. Oh, yeah. You know? I think it's poorly directed, right? But I think it's not by mistake. Like it's not it's not incompetent. I think the film is the film looks and the film's tone is exactly what it's meant to be. Ah, uh, you think so? Yeah, I don't think he's made mistakes. Alexander so Payne, the he director, just wants to torture the audience with boredom. I don't think he's made <laughs> mistakes in what he's doing. I think he's he, I think he's made exactly the film that he wants to make. That's how it comes across. It comes across as quite controlled. Well, he's an idiot. But all the decisions uh, I think are wrong. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean. I, I also think it's not a very bright thesis on it, no. you know. Uh, so, you know, it kind of... It doesn't look particularly great. It actually, considering the theme that it has, it should have been full of, like, striking imagery that mm-hmm. made you think. And actually, it has very little... Remember Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yes. And how that was all about, like, how cool life is, how different things are yeah. when you're small. Like, it's an exciting thing. Yes. And actually, if you took most of the shots from this film... Apart from the fact that they're always talking about being small, um, you wouldn't know that yeah. they're small, right? Like they're on a boat uh, uh, later on in the film, um, and 
there is nothing to tell you that they are small people. These are just people on a boat. I wanted like, some bird to come and eat them. Right, exactly. <laughs> like you want a leaf to go past or a fish or something. Like just saying that that tells you that this is there are small people. These are small people in the world. It's bizarre that there is no effort to do that. Yeah, There's, it, is it actually the trailer makes it so much more exciting. Like this thing about the big bottles of vodka. Yeah. Or uh, you know, actually, it's pretty much just the big bottles of vodka. <laughs> but um, I mean, I, actually, I was thinking. Because I was excited for this film from the trailer. The trailer made it look quite good. And do you remember how Suicide Squad was terrible? Well, you actually liked Suicide Squad. But But Suicide Squad, they got the guys who cut the trailer to come in and cut the film, famously. Mm. And that made the film into just this like hour and a half long music video, which was awful and had no coherence. And I thought, actually, that's what they needed for this, because the trailer for this actually looked good. And the film film is so slow and boring. And actually, the film makes jokes that were funny in the trailer into completely flat moments in this. Yeah. There's that bit on where they haven't downsized yet, but they're on the kind of bus to, to go to the downsizing place. And there there are small people sitting opposite them uh, in small kind of seats. Um, and, uh, and he says, oh, oh, are you downsizing? He says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you nervous? A little. You know, and the joke is he says little, right? Yeah. And that was funny in the trailer. And in this, it's like the line is extended and made not funny. Yeah. There are actually plenty of moments like that. Yeah, it's kind of... Um, I don't know how he managed it. <laughs> yes. It, it was a huge disappointment. And actually, I think kind of the whole thing about it is that it's so plodding and earnest and unimaginative and actually just not intelligent enough, you know, to kind of warrant. So it's kind of, it's making this thesis film and actually you just think it's kind of dumb, really. Yeah. You know, with all the issues that, that are going on at the moment, it could have connected kind of so well... With, with environmental issues, with the question of overpopulation, it kind of it makes really dull, earnest efforts to create a, an interracial romance, you know. Um, but you see it coming for miles, right? Like The film I, is so obvious. Yeah. Everything about it is obvious. Everything, you know. And actually, to the point where you notice stuff before the protagonist does, mm-hmm. and it's not deliberate, you know. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, it was just, it was just awful. It's bad storytelling. And like, well, there's there's that one bit where he's watching BBC News. They they introduce this Vietnamese character who becomes a love interest, who is this woman who was a, a dissident who was speaking out against the some government, bad, against uh, something bad, flooding. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And she was jailed um, for two years, and and she was downsized, and then brought to she she was kind of smuggled into uh, America in a in a TV box, yes. a box that a TV came in, um, and and the way you find out about this is is. Uh, Matt Damon sits down and watches BBC News. Yes. Like, the film has no better way of giving you information than by just putting the telly on. I know. It's awful storytelling. It's awful. I mean, there were a couple of moments where... What's the Austrian actor? Uh, um, Christoph Waltz. Christoph Waltz comes in. And Udo Kier, whom, you know, I haven't seen for decades. And, you know, and they really brighten up the film, actually. They bring some energy and some you know, some spice and also some cynicism into the film, which is badly needed, mm. you know, but it's really just not enough. Yeah, I, yeah, I barely even felt that. But I think the film is also quite tokenistic. The, the film goes to these pains to to show uh, people of different ethnicities. So, like, when downsizing is announced at the start of the film that this process has been mm. discovered or created, um, then there's this, there's this montage of people around the world 
uh, seeing the news. So there's white people in America and there's black people in Africa and yeah. tribes and there's Asian people and and like all these people reading the news and the, and it's so actually the film is just built out of these stereotypes. It actually, is. it keeps going on. So right at the end, when you've got the the original colonists uh, who are who are um, these Norwegians, yeah, um, you've got like sitting at the head table is. Uh, you, a black guy and a black woman and an Asian guy and a Mexican and a white it's like it's doing nothing you're yes. just sitting there kind of showing a, a great range of people yes because and the only person who gets to speak is like you know Mr. Norse God scientist white you know and that's part of it right so like the you've got a, a Norwegian Nobel Prize winning scientist and you've got uh, an Eastern European sort of smuggler who wears tracksuits mm. and you've got Vietnamese cleaners it's like actually it's I wouldn't go so far as to say it's offensive, but it's unimaginative. The film is yes. built out of these stereotypes that, that you just don't... You, you're sort of not meant to really question. It's like, well, this is what people who are like this are like. Yes. You know? Yeah. It's like the film kind of striving for diversity, but actually doesn't respect anyone. No. And there were moments where we just laughed out loud at some of the things. Yeah. I can't remember what they were. Oh, there was, was a point so where there, there's a point where there's this thing about butterflies. The Vietnamese uh, oh, yes. liked yeah. butterflies, and then right at the end of the film, butterflies show up when they're yeah. kind of they're having a love moment. It's so heavy-handed. But I don't see the butterflies are giant. It's like one of the few moments in the film where the small people are actually shown to be small. Yes. Um, and and it was happening, and I was just looking at you, and you eventually noticed me looking at you, and just burst out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted to see what your reaction to that was. Yeah, well, it was a groan, basically. There's another thing I problem I have with the film, which is um, how does the world work, right? So, like, there's this talk about travelling between countries, and how does that really work? Like, so so um, Leisureland, which is where Matt Damon's character moves to, is uh, it's like a tabletop sort of like Warhammer sort of board game type world right it's like it, I mean it's housed in a huge building because these are massive places but the people are tiny so um, so these these buildings are or these worlds are housed within buildings which are ultimately controlled by regular sized people still yes so you'd think like they'd be kind of under the thumb somehow or or there'd be some interaction between them and the real world but it's like they the, the film seems to be suggesting that they're kind of self-sustaining communities I don't really know how yes how do they how do you travel from Leisureland in America to the original colony in Norway like there's talk about oh now air, airlines have small seating for instance yes. it's like okay I get that an airline can carry small people but how do you get from where you are to the airline? Like, this is a big deal. Like, you're 14 times smaller than you were. Yes. It's a big undertaking. There's, there's no sense of that, right? How this world well, can they, actually physically work. The and yacht, the reason is that it's just too stupid. The yacht gets moved around by parcel force. Yeah. Well, it's, it, it's, it's fucking stupid. It's like... And, and I thought there would be something... There's, there's an opportunity for... I mean, I thought there'd be something great. Like, you can have some kid break into the facility and then start trampling stuff like Godzilla. I thought that would be funny. But that was already done in Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no, but there's nothing like that. Like, you think that there would be some interaction between the real... The, the, real, the, the, the normal-sized world and the tiny world, but it just kind of disappears. And again, this is the thing of how the film really has no interest in... in developing the small world as small. It's just like, when you become small... The, the world that it then shows might as well be the regular size world. Well, I think that's part of the theme of the film, that in fact there's been no change, right? So, you know, he's lost his wife, he's lost a better job and whatever, you know, he's now living in a flat and he's at this dead-end job. Mm. So actually, I think that that is part of the point of the full first part of the film. I agree. That he shrinks, but actually nothing changes. His life doesn't improve. Though there is a conflict that's set up 
early on in the film where the guy at the bar says, you should only get a quarter of the votes. You know, you're only paying a quarter of the taxes, blah, blah, blah. You should only get a quarter of the vote. And I thought, oh, this is potentially interesting, right? That's a kind of a potential conflict that might arise later on in the film. But actually, they never touch on it again. This is one of the other notes that I made when I went outside, is that there are so many, there are so many thematic uh, kind of gestures made towards different things. So there's the, idea of, there's the idea of that kind of racism towards small people. I mean, the thing about getting one-eighth of a vote is seems to me a direct reference to the, the three-fifths compromise in America. Mm. The idea that some people are worth less than others, and it's mm. kind of a new version of that. But the film basically goes in that direction and then stops immediately. Mm. Um, there's the idea that it's a kind of midlife crisis thing. Yes. You know, it's like get, like getting a jag when you're 45 years old. It's, it's like, this is the new version of that, right? Um, the idea of it kind of fixing money problems, you know, you become rich when you're small, yeah. and there's so much effort taken to show that Matt Damon is living a kind of... Uh, what's the word? Like a... Like a, a not unfortunate, even. It's like a, just a regular kind of vaguely poor guy's life because that's pretty much how everyone in America... The middle yeah. class has become so compressed and poor that that's how people like him who just have regular jobs are living now. Yes. The idea that it will solve your money problems and like offer you a solution. The idea of it being a kind of lifestyle solution that's ultimately exclusively for rich people mm. is anywhere. Um, the idea of middle class people being smug about how much they're helping the environment. You know, like when everyone was buying Toyota prices when they came yes. out and they were all congratulating each other on what a great job for the environment they were doing. Yes. And it being really about showing off what, what a good person you were. Yes. Um, There's a real kind of anti-middle class do-gooder theme in this film. Like yeah. All that bongo dancing at sunset was like, yeah. you know. But there are, there are all these ideas that kind of are interesting ideas on, on, on their own. But they don't converge. You get the impression, at least in the first hour, that the film is trying to build a kind of tapestry of these themes, and it's just failing completely. Yes, um, it it was really really. Dull. It's just gestures towards those ideas rather than complete themes. Yes, um, I think. I mean, the only thing that I liked about the film was Matt Damon's performance. Um, yeah. you know, and and actually, I think it's nice to see him you know, middle-aged and fumbling and not too bright and, you know, kind of, um, yeah, kind of, uh, um, particularly in contrast to, um, um, what are, what are the action films that he's, the Bourne films? Oh, yeah. Um, so I thought kind of, you know, he was great, but it was, it was nowhere near enough. And actually I hate, I hate that so many of his choices recently have been like these earnest do-gooder films. So in st- instead of striving to make, you know, art, he's kind of choosing projects that kind of will improve the world. Like, you know, they're nanny films, really, or nanny-ish films. Mm. And this is kind of an example of that, really. It's kind of completely bland and completely boring. It's kind of like nursery food for the brain. I can't emphasize how boring it is. <laughs> I really can't. Like, I, I'd say I was... I, there's there's one other time that I've left a movie before just to check how long it was, which was when I saw The Hobbit, um, because nothing happened for the first forty minutes of that film because they were just fucking having dinner and 
throwing plates around and going, what the fuck is happening in this film? And so I went out, just hung around by the side, looked up the movie, said, oh, it's two and a half hours long or whatever it is. And, you know, Peter Jackson running time. And then I looked up the plot to see if anything was going to happen. And it turned out that while I was looking that up, the thing that happened in the film happened, so I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> I think like they, they fight like a big rock monster or something, and then it goes away. And I also looked up to see if Gollum was going to show up because I thought that might have some life in it. You know, so and this is and this was the same thing. I re- I rarely leave movies. Mm. I, I left uh, the Tenacious D movie half an hour in, and I wanted to leave Rock and Roller, but other people were with me, and so you know I had to sort of stick around. Um, those are the only times that I've left or wanted to leave movies, and, and this was another one uh, where I would have been happy to leave. But I thought, well, I, yeah, you've got to stick it out, really. But two hours and fifteen minutes, two hours and fifteen minutes—it's so unnecessary. It doesn't need that. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and for a film that was being sold as a comedy, yes. Where were the, there was there was one laugh, and I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, I mean, well, one genuine laugh for me. I there were a couple of unintentional ones. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And I really hated the Vietnamese character. I really hated the Vietnamese woman. You know, I kind of, I hated the way that um, the character was conceptualized. Um, you know, so it's so, it's so unbelievable stereotypical. So it's like this woman who works kind of nonstop, right? Kind of, you know, she... She she takes on all these cleaning jobs and, you know, she's a bit of a harridan and, you know, she's constantly busy and she bosses everyone around. And so she's this combination of, like, Mother Teresa helping all the poor and then also, like, a kind of a harridan, really. Mm. Um, and I just hated it. I Yeah, I kind of hated that, but I, I didn't care enough. I mean, and, and also the way that she the way that she spoke and was kind of officious... Uh, reminded me a little bit of um, my friend Jesse, who was the one who gave us that recording uh-huh. of Ja uh, Jiang uh, Ku, I think his name was. <laughs> um, uh, uh, who I actually... didn't want to go there. <laughs> no, 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 no but, but she, she just reminded me of her because like, the, the way that she treats me is basically exactly the same way that the Vietnamese character treated Matt Damon in this. Ah, <laughs> which fetch. is basically yeah, much, Just like slapping me and having a go. Um, but you know, I, I that kind of tickled me. I guess, like, I just thought there was something I kind of recognised about that. Although I think it's kind of overdone, like the way that she, her command of English. I don't know if I don't know how realistic her command of English is. Really, like she, she doesn't she doesn't speak in full sentences. She but she knows a lot of words, and I guess it kind of makes sense. But um, it did seem I, I didn't know how offended I should be by it. Yes, <laughs> well, yeah, I thought that was very stereotypical. Um, and I kind of so on the one hand it was very stereotypical on the other hand you felt that the film was trying to do all of these worthy things with it that you support hmm. you know but it was so obvious that it was annoying and you know and part of what was annoying was that it was you know because it was doing it in these particular ways it was doing it unsuccessfully right so um yeah, I, I think there's it. a way to edit this film that actually makes it better. I think I could sit down. I mean, I'm going to sound very arrogant here, but I think I could sit down with this movie as it stands and cut it in a way that makes it a little bit more exciting. Like, I think actually there's material in there that, mm. that could be shaped in a way that is more... I'm not saying it would ever be a perfect film. I think it has its problems. It has real problems. I mean, I don't like it. <laughs> so are you blaming the editors then? Or are you blaming the editing? Or are you blaming the director? Well, I mean, I think it's the director's call, ultimately, isn't it? So the mm. director says, like, I, I want it to be like this, and he has his, his, his sense of what the tone is. It's not I, I, Because, like I say, um, the, the film 
in terms of its kind of craft, uh, is is not imaginative and it and it, it it's not original, but it's kind of competent. Like the, the, it's not full of mistakes. But I, I didn't it, think it was so competent. I mean, you know, there wasn't a dazzling shot in the whole movie. No, sure. But what I mean is, it's not it, it it's not full of kind of obvious mistakes. It's just full of bad decisions. I think, and I think ultimately that lies with the director. Mm. The director, I I think to me it seems quite clear that the director has made the film he wants to make, and I think he wanted to make a bad film. <laughs> What do you mean he wanted to make Well, I, I think the film that he wanted to make is a bad film. Okay, that's different. So he wanted to make a no, no, good Oh, yeah, film. no, yeah. I don't think he did. He didn't, <laughs> he didn't set, sorry, yeah. He didn't set out with the idea that I'll make a bad film to, to show them. everyone. No, like, he thought it was a good film. Yeah. And, I, and I, think he, I think he thinks he nailed it. <laughs> well, you know, we can say different. So, um, yeah, I kind of... I, I mean, don't, I don't like saying uh, don't go see it because, you know... Um, I do think that there are things that are um, worthy and interesting. So the worthy bits are all the boring bits, really, and I think they're very badly handled, kind of. But there, there are moments that kind of break away from it a little bit, and I think kind of they're all Matt Damon's moments. That would be my view. Yeah, there's so few and far between. I, I mean, I am. I ultimately agree with you that I generally don't want to tell people not to see something but like there are so many better ways to spend your time and there are so many films that hit similar sort of themes yes um in so much better ways and and then the central idea of downsizing like should be funny and should be interesting and it isn't in any way no it isn't it's not it's not shown in interesting way like i say the film has no interest in actually showing you that the world is different when you're small um or anything like that which on the one hand part of the theme on the other hand should be in there somewhere Um, anyway, we've never looked at our watches so often yeah. in a film that I can remember. Well, I don't actually. wear a watch. I was just getting you to check yours. Yes. <laughs> so, so, so that indicates, I suppose, the scale of the problem. Um, but let's not be the dead horse. I think, kind of, is there any last things you want to say? Um, uh, I, I must emphasize that it was horrible. <laughs> okay and, I think we've got that a huge waste of time okay um, I, I've seen of Alexander Payne's previous films I've seen Sideways no I, I never got around to it yeah well don't <laughs> <laughs> honestly it's, you know, uh, I mean this, 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 Sideways is a film that people absolutely adored yes as, as I recall yes they um, did um, um, uh, I have it somewhere and it's, and it's again it's an absolute sort of middle class sort of just fucking going around drinking Pinot Grigio or whatever the it popularised some grape I think Pinot Noir maybe right. and it was all about just going around like Napa Valley drinking wine ugh <laughs> <laughs> well if you disagree with everything that Mike says uh, we have actually been uh, you know receiving a lot of comments from all of you uh, or from many of you And we really like receiving them, so do please feel free to comment. Uh, we're on Facebook, and we're on iTunes, and we're on SoundCloud. So, and we, we welcome your comments. On Twitter. And Twitter, yes. On Twitter, we're at Eavesdrop Movies. On Facebook, just search Eavesdropping at the Movies. Uh, and that's the same with iTunes. And um, you can email us at eavesdropping at the movies at gmail.com as well. Okay, thank you very much. Um, yeah. But don't, don't see downsizing. <laughs> <laughs> Or else. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>